With thanks to Bailey's, this is the Women's Prize for Fiction podcast. Celebrating women's writing, sharing our creativity, our voices and our perspectives, all while championing the very best fiction written by women around the world. I'm Zing Zing, your host once again for a brand new season of the Women's Prize podcast, coming to you every fortnight throughout 2020. This year is the 25th anniversary of the Women's Prize for Fiction, and you've joined me for a special episode in which we are challenging you to year of reading women. From Zadie Smith's White Teeth to Chimamanda Ngozi and DJ's Half of a Yellow Sun and Naomi Alderman's The Power, we are spotlighting all 24 Women's Prize winning books during this podcast series with eight special book club episodes in which three guests discuss three of the brilliant winning novels from the past years. You'll also hear from the women who've judged the prize during its lifetime, so you'll be getting not one but two hot takes from the past 25 years of the prize, alongside a new generation of readers coming to the books in 2020. And we want you to join in the conversation. Go to hashtag readingwomen on Twitter and Instagram to share your thoughts as you read along and head to the Women's Prize website at womensprizeforfiction.co.uk to learn about all 24 books, read samples, dive into our reading guides and exclusive interviews with the authors, plus lots more to help set you off on your reading journey. Welcome back for another episode of Reading Women. Now, we are still on a coronavirus lockdown, so please excuse any minor hiccups with our sound quality. I am joined today, virtually, of course, through the magic of technology, by a bunch of amazing guests. Jessie Cave, an actress, comedian and cartoonist, comedian Jessica Foster Q, and finally, actor, musician and one half of Rizzo Kicks, Jordan Stevens. Welcome, everyone. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. Pleasure. Yeah, I've never been in a book club before. This is exciting. I'm oh, so you're a book club virgin. This is a good way yeah. to start. I mean, today's book club is all about nationhood, which is this big, meaty issue that has never felt more relevant in this day and age. So to explore the theme, this book club is diving into the 2018 winner Home Fire by Camila Shamsi, The Road Home by Rose Tremaine, our 2008 winner, and Bel Canto by Anne Patchett, which won the prize back in 2002. Now, everyone, tell me what you made of reading all these books together. Are you guys big readers? Jesse, how did you find it? It was quite a struggle to read three books within a month, but I I treated it like a job and I really did it, which was, it was weird because now I can't imagine reading three books in a month ever again. <laughs> um, but... but I I regret that I haven't kept that up really because it was so nice having um getting used to reading a bit quicker because I'm usually quite yeah yeah Yeah, I think that's why reading on holiday works so well because you're like my holiday is going to take two weeks I better finish this book yeah yeah Yeah. Jordan what was your experience of reading all three I I I definitely uh I'm not as um I'm not the best reader in the world I think I have a kind of bizarre relationship with books in that I find the first few chapters often really difficult and then I become super addicted and uh struggle to put the book down but then for some reason can't like (laughs) that that doesn't isn't enough for me to then pursue a consistent cycle do you know what I mean Jess how did you find reading all these books Mm. yeah I have exactly the same thing actually of as both of you in the sense that I've I would always am wishing to read more than I read. 
Um, so being given some reading to do ostensibly for work, or definitely for work, um, was amazing. Like I was like, this is it. This is what this is the dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like having to like I'm afraid I've got some work to do and sit yeah, yeah, away yeah, with yeah. a book. Yes, please. And um, but also <laughs> Jordan, exactly the same. Like I um I can't remember the last book that from I can't remember ever actually a book that from chapter one I was like, and I'm in. Like everything yeah. has taken me a while. Same as sort of lots of Netflix series, actually. It's like, please try and hook me in. <laughs> well, try, I think even bother the, trying to hook me in until, but yeah. It's the, that's the, that's the whole, yeah, I think that's the whole, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the battle with, with like, um, progression. You're, you're supposed to ease into characters and ease into stories and then, and then you're locked in rather than, because yeah. I, th- I think about that with like, the wire versus breaking bad for example yeah. like oh, yeah. like i love both seasons but i would say to somebody you're almost investing more with the wire than breaking bad but breaking bad will grip you instantly yeah. and not let go it's a weird one yeah jesse were you kind of gripped by any of these books uh, yeah, but I have the same thing with I really have to commit for the first few chapters and then i'm always so surprised because sometimes i can get interested immediately and then just lose just completely go off it but with all three of these books I really wasn't into it immediately and then was so surprised by how how gripped I was and I would never have picked these books up um so I'm so glad that I was forced to um (laughs) that's what we enjoy doing forcing people to read yeah. yeah, I just would never have picked them up. I would never have um, chosen these themes, or um, so. And I was so surprised by the my initial reaction to them and how how different that was at the end. Mm. So, what about reading these three books together? Do you think that they were an interesting experience to read as a trio? Definitely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's they're they're stylistically all really different. I had a. I found one of them much harder to get into, but when I did, I loved it than mm-hmm. the others. Um, yeah, for, lots of kind of uh, tricky relationships, especially parent and father and kid relationships, nationhood, travel, ideas of home, um, death. I mean, they all ring ring around in all of them massively. Oh, definitely. Jordan, what was your experience? Um, yeah, I didn't, when I'm hearing that, the feedback, I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, my God, have I just totally, uh, slipped out of, I, I was aware of course, that the, the, the themes within the three books were, uh, well, not only nationhood, but also, well, in, in two, certainly it's the idea of kind of alienation within a nation, oh, which, yeah. which, uh, I, I find, yeah, I find that like incredibly topical, something that, you know, this concept of kind of a refuge, a refugee-based kind of existence is something that I think applies across the globe constantly and affects every kind of angle of our experience as people. But I found myself, I've, I've realised in reading the books though that the kind of politics of of reading, I, for some reason, I'm not as uh, that's not what catches me about books. For some reason, it's, it's it's always the I'm I'm obsessed with the the human experience um like the kind of emotional interaction between characters and whatever else like that that seems and the way it's written that's what catches me oh um, interesting more character based stuff yeah it's like i yeah i don't know how to i'm i like love an author who's able to provide a way of describing an interaction in a way that i've never conceived before 
or using a situation as an allegory for something else or um that that is what draws me in rather than the the concept in, in its whole does that make sense Roman? yeah that- no i think some people are you know really gripped by narrative and plotty twists and turns and some people are real character people they want to feel like they read a book and they understand someone so completely yeah what about you jesse what do you look for in a book well i i i'm not a very varied reader so i i, I like what i like which i'm going to try and change but i need to follow one character usually and and feel like i'm i'm in their head um, and yeah. all of these books, I didn't feel that they don't have one main, you know, voice. Um, so that was quite different for me. I usually need to, I, I, I tend to read way more um, nonfiction than fiction. And um, so with each of these three books, I found it amazing how, how different they were in their, in the voices. Um, and one in particular, I just could not, could not connect with at all. Um, because of the how many voices there were. Um, Interesting. Whereas the other two, I uh, my favorite one, even though it had different voices, um, I felt I felt each of their voices. I completely knew who they were by the way they were written immediately, um, and because of the story and the general the the concept of the book. Um, so it needs to, a book for me to be brilliant has to tick quite a few boxes, but the main one being, I really get who I'm following and the, and the, the journey of, of the main. You know, I, I know what's going on with that that main person. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I know which book you're talking about, <laughs> uh, which is the one I think you're going to introduce to us. Is it Home Fire by Camilla Shamsi that you're talking about? The one that I loved. Yes. Yeah, I completely loved that one. Um, that was definitely my favourite, um, mainly because it followed the story of three siblings and I just love anything about siblings. Um, and the story was just so unique and otherworldly for me. If you could, it would be great if you could give us a, just a really brief synopsis. A brief synopsis, I'll try. Um, so it's about three siblings, Isma, Anika and Parve. Um, their mother has just died. And their father, it becomes clear, um, was actually a, a jihadist. Um, and so they, they, they're in three, we follow Isma at the beginning. Um, she's in America. And she, we find out that she's basically gone there for a purpose, which was to connect with the son of a um, someone quite high up in politics in the UK. And basically, it's a story of how the three siblings all basically stop one of the siblings becoming a, a jihadist like their father um and it's it's so it's so it's so moving and devastating and it's just about sibling love and loyalty and duty and um it's just i just found it completely moving and breathtaking and shocking Jess what did you make of home fire yeah i uh, similarly, I absolutely loved it. And I think um, it was my favourite of the three as well. It's close, but I think it was as well. I I, um, I felt like like we were talking about just before about how, um, you know, you, you get people that want to be inside a character's head or inside various characters' heads in this case, or who are really into plot, like um, 
need to be thrown about by a plot. I felt like this had everything in that sense. Like I really felt like it was really, I don't know if I can swear, really flipping thrilling. You can swear, don't <laughs> um, worry. It was really fucking thrilling. <laughs> um, it was, um, I, I, I felt really invested in all of these siblings. Um, but I also felt like it took, uh, it took quite an, ordinary situation and then made it quite extraordinary and I felt like it dealt with such extreme uh, emotions and uh, experiences with such a soft touch that it that it just felt easy to read this really like Mm. alarming story I mean Awful and amazing things, quite fantastically awful and amazing things happen to this family. And but it's it's written in a way where you realise how normal this might be. And I don't know, you know, it's fiction, so I don't know if it's normal. It's one writer's portrayal of this, but I thought that was really deftly done. And um, yeah, you know, obviously you can't spoil anything, but it's it's it, it, it takes you from from somewhere quite. I think sort of simple right through to I I I can't remember the last time I I had to heave and weep and sob my way to the end of a book and wow. for context I had to I did finish that one before uh we were in a pandemic before I was <laughs> heaving and sobbing and crying All everything the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling what I love most is the way that it begins because we start um with with Isma being uh, at the airport and border officials kind of being way too harsh on her and asking her too many mm. questions and and that kind of uh, the it, it it seems like it's going to be a story about something that we 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 see in the news about discrimination and stuff it's but it becomes something so much more complicated and complex and we it just it kind of the way that the three siblings all have different relationships with each other and even though Isma isn't as close to her as as the other two siblings are to each other, um, the love and the duty and the responsibility to each other is just, it's just amazing how that sibling bond never really dies and mm. is just drives so, that your whole life, really. Um, and just things I just completely take for granted, you know, how with at the airport the scene at the beginning it just kind of it just very it eases us in to the discrimination every day and the the things that we just never really think about um are there are are just such huge daily issues for 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 them you know jordan what did you make of it the actual political um commentary that that the book is laced with I found uh, quite tough in a way, just mm. because, uh, I mean, I'm not Muslim, but I, I have a lot of friends around me who have experienced the kind of um, uh, oppression, I suppose, faced by a nation that is unaccepting, you know? And I think like, so I've, I've, I've initially actually found it quite triggering in a way, especially mm. with the, especially with the, um, the implementation of there being uh, a representative of the Muslim community in the British government, like that, I was like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's there. very prescient. Yeah, like especially now, I was like, I can't handle that. It's it. It feels like a, a real, like deep 
kind of rage. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I've, I've, I'm, I'm a bit sad because I, um, I know that this book has been, you know, like highly commended and I can hear the passion in the other, mm-hmm. in Jess and Jesse. Um, and, but it was, for me, it was the ex- example of like my, my issue with um, just the actual like wording of things, mm-hmm. nothing to do with the actual content of the book. For some reason, I found the sentences really difficult to engage with. Um, and, and actually the shift in voice for some reason threw me I feel like really upset (laughs) I feel feel upset because it's like it's 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 I get this sometimes like you know where where it's just it's not about what's being said it's how it's being said to me I've had it before with like emails even you know someone structures an email in a certain way I can't I can't um process it properly I think it's so subjective though the way you read a book like one person's idea of incredible writing flair is another person's idea of just being overwritten and pretentious right yeah so I, I i think the the you know the the bits about the bits about writing that i adore are, are you know are those those the description of interactions and, and and being able to place myself in an abstract something i don't know amidst amidst the, the concept and i i didn't feel as um as into that uh, it's interesting you mentioned the uh, home office minister who in the book is nicknamed lone wolf because he's so kind of aggressive and political and manipulative because yeah. and i actually didn't know this when i read the book but this book predates people like sajit javid and pretty patel being literally home secretaries i know yeah. and wild, apparently camilla <laughs> shamsi camilla shamsi got nicknamed uh, nostra shamsi as in nostradamus by her friends <gasps> for predicting wow. that this would happen Wow. wow, it's. I mean, look, it's a, it's, it's a real. That's what I mean about it being like deeply kind of, just summoning some kind of deep emotion because it's, it's that idea of of becoming something other or or, or betraying a part of yourself in order in order to be accepted. Mm-hmm. That's like, I, you know, I think that conceptually isn't new, but for it to be such an accurate portrayal of what would happen is, is scary. Yeah. Now I know both. Some of you, well, two out, two out of three of you mentioned that the thing you really loved about this was the characters' voices. Was it? Did you have a favorite character out of the different voices that are assembled in the book? The, the younger sister, I really, I really loved. loved the older sister, even though Isma takes a back seat uh, towards the end of the the, the book. I, I feel like the setting up of the story and the the statuses of each of the siblings is so important, and the the introduction just kind of it of of her character and her story and and the fact that there's so much deceit really clever clever work done by these sisters on behalf of their brother um yeah is i just think isma's the brain behind that and she i'm an older sister and i just the 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 responsibility and the 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 lengths you would go to to protect them even if they don't like you for it um is I can yeah. relate to real love. Yeah, <laughs> real sibling love. Yeah, Jess, I think, what about you? I think I, um, I really loved the younger sister, but only because I just found something about her so compelling. I didn't think it was a, I, I didn't have any more respect for her than I did for any of the other characters. Also, I think it's about that balance, isn't it? Of, um, it's just brilliant writing in the sense that you've got such a 
a lovely, diverse group of personalities who are so clearly still all from the same nest, you know, mm. and this, like you said, protectionism between them and stuff. But I could least identify with the uh, brother, but equally, I think that's just a sort of age and experience situation. I didn't feel, I still felt empathy for him a lot of it and I think it's very cleverly done but I think what was really nicely balanced between the sisters was that sort of sensibility of the elder one and sacrifice actually um and but then it also needed uh the sort of fire in the belly of the younger sister to sort of make that the thrillingness of it all move along yeah Yeah. I mean it's very it's very operatic it's very tragic yeah So I think we're going to move on to our next book now. But before we do that, let's hear from Sarah Sands, the editor of the Today programme on the BBC and chair of the judging panel in 2018. She's going to tell us why Home Fire was picked as the winner. It was a book that um, immediately stood out. It was a gripping plot. Um, And it was uh, also had this resonance because it um, had had these echoes of Antigone. So it was a sort of Greek tragedy in a way um, uh, supplanted into um, contemporary issues. So and it was it was really about sort of conflict of loyalties, you know, family um, faith, um, politics. And um, so there were big themes, but it was done in, um, in, a, in a very sort of contained way. You understood the characters and, um, and, and it did have this um, really sort of obviously compelling ending. So it was a book you couldn't put down, but, um, that, had, but that left you with um, a sense of, of um, it had a trail to it. It, it wasn't just, a, it wasn't just, just plot. Um, it, it was much more than that. Now, remember, you can join in the discussion we're having by using the hashtag ReadingWomen. On to our second book, The Road Home by Rose Tremaine. Rose Tremaine's book is a very moving story about an immigrant who leaves home for a supposedly better life in the UK, and it won the prize in 2008. So I think, Jess, you were going to give us a plot summary of this one. Yeah, so... um... I had a, a funny thing with this one, actually, right? Where when uh, we re- received the books, I didn't... I thought, that's exciting. I, I, had, I haven't read any of these. Um, and then I opened this one and was like, oh, God, I have. It was um, oh. years ago, but uh, I remember it because I I read, but I don't re- remember stuff from books or TV series or films. Particularly. I've got a sort of rubbish memory for story and narrative, weirdly. Um, but... Uh, with this, there was a, a a moment in it that I had never, ever forgotten. And so I was really uh, delighted to get to read it again. Um, and so it's the story of this uh, man in his um, sort of mid to late 30s, but there's a world weariness about him that makes him seem older than that, I think, um, who is um, uh, moving from Poland to London, um, a little village in uh in Poland and um, he's leaving behind his mum and his daughter so Lev's moving to the UK and it starts with him already on his journey on a coach um, and he uh, he befriends a woman or a woman befriends him um, on that journey and she stays uh, present throughout his story as it goes on and um, oh I mean it, it, it's about uh, his time trying to settle it's about how accepted he he isn't um, and then is uh, it's about all of the flaws. Um, oh, so I feel like no one, no one character in this gets let off uh, from being shown 
as them at their most monstrous as well no, as... No, I think that's definitely uh, true. Um, and Lev himself isn't a perfect character by oh any Oh, God, means. no, there's one there's one particular moment in it that's like, oh, you know, oh. Uh, it throws you around in terms of whether it's devastating one minute, it's extremely hopeful and exciting the next. And um, I don't know, I felt throughout all of this one, it stayed really sort of horribly realistic. Mm. Um and there's there's a lot of humour in this one as well, I think, compared to either the other two books, which which is I'm as a comedian always going to enjoy. Jordan, did you enjoy the road home? Yeah, I did. This this uh, this book definitely had that. Um, I, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. The, the the richness of character, I definitely agree with. I agree with pretty much everything Jeff said. Um, I I I I think it's really important to have a book that it's easy I think for especially someone who lives in London or, or kind of when it, where you, there's this kind of idea of multiculturalism or there's this there's this kind of um, belief that it's an accepting home but still I'd even find myself looking at a person and I, I haven't necessarily engaged with why they're there or, or like what they would have gone through to be in that space and having reading a story and I don't know how to, I'm, I'm not struggling with the words. It, it, it feels, I know that's the, that's the power of story writing, but I it added a massive dimension to, I suppose my own privilege or just the fact that I'm, I wouldn't mm. necessarily engage. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think I'm, I'm definitely not someone who would actively ignore or like not, you know, or, or not be welcoming or loving, but still, you know, there's, that's the beauty of, of storytelling is that is you know an added level of compassion and understanding and yeah um the paradoxical nature of characters man like I think it's just there's something in a human spirit that's just drawn to that man mm. like you when you get that darkness you're like part of you's like wait fuck like that's not cool and another part of you's like why do I understand this like yeah. why, why why do I why do I yeah and it's why does and it, it resonate I mean, I mean, yeah. For for one particular thing, I don't necessarily say resonate, but like, we're not going to discuss jo- that because yeah, that would yeah. also be a spoiler for people. Yeah, Jordan's yeah, yeah. not here to get himself cancelled. Come on, yeah, mate, right. <laughs> no, but but the 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 you know, I I have dreams of of you know writing s- stories and and the complexity of characters. It seems that that paradoxical experience is what draws people regardless, you know, even if you look at like hero films or the Hollywood stuff, the, the characters that we like, for example, you know, we seem to engage more with like the Joker or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> because there's something in us that's like, we need to accept our own shadow personas. So the fact that in this book, you know, every, no, no one gets, gets kind of, um, yeah, no one gets a pass from, mm. from having that part of themselves excavated is, is brilliant. Jesse, yeah. what did you make of the characters in this book? Um, well, I I absolutely loved it too. And I I I with Lev, um, I just felt he was so real. And what I loved most is that he there's no he he's so wounded from the second we start the book. Yeah. And grief mm. is kind of insurmountable. And what even though I, I actually found the book incredibly depressing and, oh. yeah. <laughs> and brutal, um, it's kind of unrelenting and how how things just he his luck just doesn't it just doesn't go his way again and again and again. And I found that so hard to read because 
it's so far from my life and and just how epic it is to to move and to 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 relocate and to make that journey that he he goes on is just it's so brave and I just found it was so accurate of grief and how the woven in flashbacks of his wife Marina and he's he's never going to recover and I liked how realistic that is and even I'm not going to give anything away but the ending is so so understated and it's not like okay we're gonna have a happy ending now and everything's gonna be fine and he's gonna have you know you know it's just it's so real of how Mm. he's just he's got this what what my favorite thing in it was his one big idea and how suddenly about you know halfway through no further on than halfway because I found the first half just so (laughs) so bleak um but he then has a a moment where everything changes when he he starts to get a bit more hope and he starts to think of his future um because in a way he's running away from his yeah. home and his grief and he's kind of abandoned his five-year-old daughter which I kind of found really difficult to deal yeah. with <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, ugh, that's complicated isn't it yeah but it's kind of grief is does make you quite selfish in a way and he, he then has this one big idea and suddenly his life changes. Um, and I just, I just love that because it's all you need to, to get by sometimes is just an idea yeah, that's through. And it, even if it doesn't work or if it's too big and people say, no, it's too much money, it's never going to happen. It doesn't matter if you really, really believe in yourself and that, that idea. And I thought that was the most moving thing about this book that, you can you can change your life by just trying and having an idea and yeah not so many times but he he manages yeah he just manages to 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 save himself which is just beautiful I think it yeah yeah, it's it's, uh, absolutely and I and I think that is the reason why I didn't even at the end I, I I found it quite joyful but I think it was because of exactly that for the last sort of third of the book you get this you realize the whole book feels like suddenly it's about the whole story sorry feels like it's about um the sort of curative power of finding something to be excited about mm. um which and, and it's so implausible you know the thing that he's excited about but and then also I don't know there's a million different messages in there about the power of working for something the how rewarding it feels to have something you've earned um like this yeah. is so, and, and, and about sort of sensitivities and pride and, oh. I think it's so true that in life, some people just get more luck than others. Yeah. yeah. Some people yeah. are given one bad thing after the next bad thing and it's not their fault. But then also that the, that luck isn't necessarily relative to peace either. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because Lydia, who I think is, is given the alternative lucky route um, of coming to, to this country and, and, and just landing on her feet and getting a lucky mm. break and everything seems to be fine. She's not actually happy at the end. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's amazing how I think, um, I don't think that he would have, Lev would have ever chosen to, to become a chef. But what happens is he stumbles into this job and that I think the one great character, there's so many great characters in it, but I really think that even though he's not a massive character in the book, but um, G.K. Ash, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the chef, mm-hmm. really is, is formative for Lev. 
he he sees that Lev's got kind of work ethic and and determination and gives him a chance. And because of that, Lev's whole life has changed. And I kind of love that idea that people who didn't know that they could do, they had a skill, suddenly they've got a future because somebody's just said, no, I think you're quite good at that, actually. I think you could do that. And even though, you know, it it doesn't work out um, with GK Ash, I I think that that's a really important moment and quite um, apt for a lot of people's careers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go in a completely different direction because somebody says you should do that, or you should go to art school, or you should you should mm. thing, or you know you should be a comedian. You be a comedian. Yeah. You know your whole life <laughs> changed because somebody said, given you a little bit of luck, given you a little bit of of belief and encouragement. Well, I think that's a great and very hopeful note to end our discussion of the book on. Before we go on to our third and final book, here's journalist and broadcaster Kirsty Lang, the chair of judges in 2008. Now she's going to tell us why Rose Tremaine's The Road Home was their winner. It is, in my view, an incredibly important book. And I say that because it's about one of the biggest issues facing our society today, which is migration. We were all aware that the, the, you know, the great move of Eastern Europeans had started um, and was a few years in. And we were all aware that every day in our lives we were encountering, you know, somebody from Poland or, or wherever, uh, you know, at, the, at our local coffee mm. shop or, you know, plumbers, builders, banks, social services. Um, and, uh, and ask ourselves the question, did we really know what it meant for them? to leave everything behind, to arrive in this alien culture, barely speaking the language, not understanding the social mores. Uh, And what's fantastic about this book is it's a a great act of empathy because it takes us inside Lev's head. This podcast is made in partnership with Bailey's Irish Cream. Bailey's is proudly supporting the Women's Prize for Fiction by helping showcase incredible writing by remarkable women, celebrating their accomplishments and getting more of their books into the hands of more people. Bailey's is a perfect adult treat, whether in coffee, over ice cream or paired with your favourite book. Official announcement. Sunshine is coming our way. Celebrate the changing seasons and the sweet taste of spring with a Bailey's on ice alongside your favourite shortlisted book. Or, if you'd prefer a vegan treat, try Bailey's Almond for the delicate taste of almond with a blend of real vanilla. Our third and final book for today's episode of Reading Women is Bel Canto by Anne Patchett. Now, this won the prize in 2002, and unlike the previous two books we've been talking about, it's not set in the UK. It is in an anonymous South American country where a political kidnapping goes very, very wrong. Uh, now, Jordan... I think yeah. you said you would kindly provide a synopsis of this book for us. Yes. Right. So a Japanese diplomat is um, holding, basically hosting a party at, mm-hmm. his, at his house. And um, and he kind of invites his favourite singer, opera singer, um, to, to be delivering the entertainment. And at this party are like a whole host of important people from various nations um and it's very much kind of like a, a status thing but also you know like a political thing um it's it's networking and uh but it's his but it's his birthday but that, that's anyway i'll get into that but anyway it's his birthday and um at the same time because of uh who was supposed to be at this party there is a, a terrorist invasion um and the whole party is held hostage but actually the person they 
arrived to take isn't there um and so you have this whole book of this kind of bizarre standoff with a group of um terrorists who haven't got what they want and are trying to figure out a way of getting it um a host of part a, a whole party of people who don't really speak the same language or really know each other uh and then this outside force being um the police uh and a hilarious negotiator who um who had yeah just got this standoff basically and it's but it but the book for me is is kind of not really anything to do with that but it is but that is the premise of the of the book i don't i don't say the end in that no I no just don't, no don't say it's such a fine line to walk between enticing people to read the books yeah uh, and spoiling them so they don't want to read it so yeah, okay. we're doing a good job so far yeah well it's 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 yeah I, for me this was my favorite book uh and I wonder why now, the way you intro it, I was like, do I like this because it's not to do with London? Am I like triggered by <laughs> by my home? I don't know. I felt maybe I felt more of a sense of escapism being that it was so kind of far removed. Um, but it is, it's just, there's something about having a, a, a kind of chorus of people in one space. It's that, and it, it, the, in the writing, Anne Patchett, she's able to... Um, use a situation that's essentially static mm. to be able to be able to investigate like the fluidity of people's lives and that like just had me hooked and the way that like a, a, a tiny thing could happen within this this standoff a tiny part of a negotiation or or something to do with food or something to do with an injury and from that one tiny thing you're able to find out more about the lives of the people around which I don't know. I, I I think for me that that just totally drew me in, and um, and yeah, it was just it was it was it seemed to just constantly talk about love and also the power of music. By the way, yeah. which yeah. was which was this kind of like um, omnipresent force throughout the whole book is the power of this opera singer and like just what she could do with her ability to perform. I thought that was. Yeah. Yeah, really... I mean, I'm not going to lie after I read this book, I looked up the opera songs that I mentioned thinking that I was going to be magically transported, but <laughs> actually it turns out that the way uh the way that Anne Patchett writes about opera, I actually found more enjoyable than the opera itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't listened to any opera since. I was happy to read the book. That stuff about the power of music in this one and, and the link that that gives to nationhood as well, or it, or actually a kind of global, uh, you know, acknowledgement of that music. It was all around the world that people were moved, even when they didn't understand the language of that. I felt like that mirrored a bit in the um, the relationship that some people had towards food and eating in The Road Home, actually. Mm. Music mm. and, um, yeah, I think music in Bel Canto and, and food in that one seemed to be this, like, oh, this universe, very emotional, very um, universal kind of uh, leveller or bringer together of and also way of n- connecting to where you're from and yourself. I mean, that's one of the things I miss most about lockdown, going out and eating with friends, yeah. going out to a gig or yeah. listening to live music. Yeah, collective experience of that stuff in a genuine sense. In fact, this book, I was overwhelmingly grateful I'd already read when lockdown started. <laughs> I think right. um, this is about a group of people kind of trapped, but um, 
but who, without spoiling, kind of, um, I don't know, some of them start really enjoying it. <laughs> start thinking, oh God, I'm so glad I didn't read that at time where I'm struggling with being physically not allowed out. Um, yeah, it's absolutely fascinating, this one. I've heard stories like that, though. I've, I have heard stories of like, yeah, of people yeah. being brought together in, in that eventuality that you would never have expected. Absolutely, Just because yeah. There's, because like there's, I think, you know, going back to, um, to talking about the road home and home fire, I suppose, as well, is that the, the an underlying thing that, that ties everybody together in the entire world is grief. No one is exempt yeah. from grief. Mm-hmm. And it is a language that, that crosses every border. And I think, like especially when it's when it's concentrated like that i, I think you know it, it can be quite powerful i know i know it is up in the air as to whether or not it seems realistic but i think it can be more powerful than we maybe give yeah mm. jesse what did you think about bel canto do you think it was necessarily realistic well the other thing that i think ties us all together is want and our own kind of personal desire and i think we all can't help sometimes wanting things that so, for instance, the the president who never makes an you know an appearance in the novel, he and the terrorists invade the party because they want to capture him. I just found it so great. He stayed at home to watch an episode of his favorite. No. <laughs> that idea and that that being the the reason for the whole book, I thought was just amazing, and the the concept of it and the it's so filmic. Um, and I know there has been a film made, but you know, I think it. it it was beautifully written, and I, there's a film about. There's a film from there's it. A film, apparently. I think Ju, um, Julianne Moore is in it. No, no I felt no. the whole thing felt very filmic. I'm not surprised. What? Yeah, I think I liked the idea of the film more than I did reading the book, and I'm just yeah. not for fancy language. And um, I, 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 as I said before, I really need to 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 focus on on one character at least for a little while. And I felt it was almost like in, on each page there was four different points of view um mm. and I found that so dizzying um so I couldn't connect with it at all and I know that it was beautiful and the story is great and the characters are brilliant but I just found it really hard to follow through with um I find it really interesting that like having said that I found other ones difficult to process I wonder what it is in my head that is easier to process I, wonder, I feel like maybe and I don't know that this necessarily answers that question but like I feel like this while we're talking about being filmic and stuff I feel like it's quite visual and yeah, I, don't, yeah. I think this is a real testament to how beautifully you know it's written in that sense of the visuals because you really felt like you could see it and, and that you'd like to see it whereas with some of the others yeah. for example The Road Home you it was it was it wasn't as visual but it was so textural that you felt like you could smell him couldn't you in that mm. and there were bits of it that was so bleak that really went there that you, you sort of read I've, I read a road home and went oh I never want to see that like I don't want right. to see the film of that it's like the road or do you know what I mean I, was, I, I loved the book and I, and I, and I've, I could already smell it and taste it and all of this stuff whereas whereas with Bel Canto it's like the whole experience was so it was so visual that it was like oh I'd like to actually it'd be great this would be a great film yeah in a way nothing much happens they're in one house they're sitting there it becomes the descriptions and the detail is so important because there's not much story. I mean, obviously there yeah. is, but I think that's probably why we, we feel like we need to see it because if you yeah. watch somebody sitting down and you see mm-hmm. their face, 
something you that reading it it's a bit, it's a bit different I found it slightly boring I, and obviously it's beautiful and it's brilliant and I know that I'm wrong but no. I, <laughs> no, as I said everything's subjective no, but, but saying but but saying but saying that though that I find that that's what's interesting is like I, I remember as a I, I love people watching like I love yeah. sitting at like cafes or like on buses or whatever and just like staring at people and just I as a kid remember thinking like what is happening in that person's life like you know I, obviously all the books provided that but more on like a mass scale like mm. I'd just be mm. and and the for me that was actually what drew me in was the idea that these people are literally just sat down but I'm like given I'm just allowed to just slip into their mind yeah. and another another thing that I love about Anne Patchett's writing was um which I'm not sure was so done in the other books was that at the moments of tragedy, she would almost always make it funny. Like, 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 like at a point where, at a point where you go, like, oh wow, that's actually well, it deep. was. Like, I think it was funny on purpose. Like, even in, yeah. there's one person who fix who's who, lots of people try and fail, and then this like you get this at first this sort of like amazing sense of this incredible young woman who works for them as part of their like house staff who's just got the kind of groundedness to get out a needle and sew up this gaping wound but all the while you can't be too grossed out or too stressed or anxious or like into any of it because all the while he he's being quite a disgusting perv so you sort of (laughs) half hope you half hope she stabs him it's like you don't yeah you don't it doesn't let you get too far beneath the surface of anyone to care that much until until it sort of rolls on. But maybe that's another side effect of there being just so many of them as well as how yeah. funny it is. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's sick, Jordan. I think she, I think she's made that funny on purpose. Yeah, I yeah. think she's definitely made that funny on purpose. And the same Her thing with the accompanist. Yeah. yeah, she's got a great sense of humour and... Yeah, I don't know. I I, I do. Th- I think that the ending is probably contentious. I I, I don't know how <laughs> other, but like, wow. but but I am also fascinated with the concept of like, um, of like uh, objectivity being transformed by just being around people at the same time. Like I've always I've had conversations in the past with my friends about like, could you essentially fall in love with anyone if you spent enough time with them? Like cabin like, fever. <laughs> yeah but it's a weird thing to say isn't it because you think no you meet someone you like all these things about them and whatever else but there's this kind of like basis like human basis beneath everything that you eventually will get to like even if you see someone and you think i don't find them attractive i don't like what they do there's gonna be i'm i don't know i don't have an answer but I feel like lockdown's the perfect experiment for that you know will loads (laughs) of people come out having fallen in love with their housemates yeah (laughs) well i don't know about falling in love but other stuff's going to have happened isn't it well, I think on that note, we are going to ask our final judge for today's Reading Women episode to explain why this book won the Women's Prize. So this is Sue McGregor, the chair of judges on Bel Canto by Anne Patchett. She tells us why it won in 2002. Well, I think she's brought off a very difficult thing, which is to write about a very enclosed world Uh, which is surrounded by the harsh reality of the army and the police outside because it's a story of a siege, a kidnapping and a siege and hostages. Uh, uh, She's brought off this enormously cleverly because the story within the enclosed world is is enormously gentle and it's full of love and good music and friendship. And you you are so wrapped up with these people, this extraordinary... uh, 
I suppose, conglomeration of people who are part of this siege that you can't wait to turn the next page. I think what permeates the book more is a, a wonderful sense of, curiously in the circumstances, and that's why I think the book is so wonderful, of peace, of inevitability, of the power of love as well as the power of music. It, it, I found it totally gripping, and it was, in a, it was in a field that year, 2002, where there's some very, very strong contenders. So, finally, we have reached, I guess, the end of this podcast episode, but I have one last question left for you guys. These books were published in 2002, 2008, and 2018. So, how do you think uh, they sit in the, their current context now? You know, do they still feel relevant today, or do you feel like you can tell that these were written some years ago? Ooh. I feel like with Bal Canto, it could have been written, it's kind of timeless. Yeah. Um, Home Fire, I feel like it's very modern, very now. And with The Road Home, I that probably is one that I feel like was written a while ago. But it's still, I think that will keep coming up to be important and valid. And, and yeah, I, I feel like that's probably the only one that's not, uh, I, I could tell wasn't written this year or last year. Did any of the books kind of change your opinion or perspective on anything? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan? Definitely. Well, the road home. I think more than. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if it changed my perspective, but like it, it, it you know, it's it's just a reality check. I think. Mm. Um, whereas I think I was engaged more with the realities of um, the other. I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. I. I. And of course, of course, home fire. It's just very real. It's just like yeah. incredibly real and and t- totally of the time. It's something that it, you know. Yeah, I think Home Fire for me, um, I don't know about changed perspective, but it it felt like a gift to get the perspective of a family um, in the belly of of terrorism, basically, because Mm -hmm. it's um, up until reading that you've only ever seen it from either the point of view of, uh, you know, news about actual stuff or um, or uh, mocking like... um, you know, what's the mate? There's an Armando Nucci film, isn't it? Four Lions. It's yeah. brilliant, very funny, but you know, a total satire. So it, I don't know. I felt, I felt sort of grateful for that point of view mm. on it all, and I felt like it was really. It felt very important for that. But like, yeah, I agree. I think um, the Road Home and um, Home Fire have the most potential to sort of begin to feel dated in a shifting world, um, but but uh, certainly perhaps a post Brexit world. Oh, um, in terms of um, in terms of uh, the road home, but yeah, I thought they were, all three of them were great. What about you, Jesse? Well, I think the road home and home fire made me realise that all of the characters there aren't striving for happiness; they're just trying to get by and trying to adapt to their situation and their 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 new normal. Um, and I think that was quite inspiring for me. I think because usually the books I read are about, they usually have some kind of happy ending or um, with the characters that, that some kind of, uh, something that happens that kind of solves things. And what was nice about these books is that they didn't have a clear ending and a clear good ending, um, but they were still, these the characters were just trying their best. And I, I really, really related to that and enjoyed that and was kind of felt privileged 
to to read them and also re- reminded me of my my privilege and I just felt so so sorry for these characters yeah mm. which book do you think will stay with you the longest well even though home fire was my favorite I think probably the road home I just think Lev's story was so sad and I just I feel like I know him uh and I yeah. Yeah, I think he'll, that character will stay with me for the longest, I mm. think. What about you, Jess and Jordan? Um, I think the same. I, th- I think, um, oh, I, as much as I felt like Home Fire was the most uh, kind of uh, original of the three in terms of types of book that I'd read or all the perspectives that it was from compared to any other thing that I'd read. Um, I do think it's Lev in the, in the road home. And I didn't finish saying it earlier, but the bit that I remembered from the book from having read it, you know, a decade ago was um, when he first arrives in London into Trafalgar Square and remember getting this real, when I read it a decade ago, I'd not long moved to London to go to university from a tiny village in Dorset. And I remember walking on my own from my halls in Holborn into Trafalgar Square and being like, fucking hell. (laughs) And I remember thinking, my God, imagine that, imagine that, but you've just left your home and your family and your kid and your everything and you're penniless and I, I don't know again a real sort of privilege check but um I don't know I don't know I won't ever forget that first bit where he walks into Trafalgar Square and his and how it's she, how she describes it and stuff there it's, it's an incredibly powerful scene mm. what about mm. you Jordan which book do you think will stay with you for the longest I don't know I just feel like a I feel like a dickhead because I just, <laughs> I, 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 it'd honestly, be boring because, if we all agreed I know I know but it's just something I just I'm I'm I'm, I need to do some soul searching after this. I feel I'm gonna sit down. I feel I'm gonna sit down and journal. I, I feel I feel there's definitely something in me that like I I have I've I feel like I've interacted with with the stories that that like various degrees of those stories like on on a personal level and like um and just I suppose politically um in regards to I don't know, just just various protests and whatever else. So like, I I I find I definitely those stories will stay with me. And Lev is a character, hundred <clears throat> percent. Home mm. fire in its accuracy, hundred um, percent. But it, I don't know, it hurts. <laughs> I just yeah. it like it hurts. And and mm. I think I, I think for me to want to escape, like to actually kind of fall into something else. I think that maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's a selfish part of me that. Uh, I truly wants to escape with a book and I think Bel Canto obviously provided me that because it was almost a little bit surreal yeah. and um and there are interactions between characters in Bel Canto just the words that's what I'm trying to say just just things they said to each other that will stay with me just because it's just a, it's a discussion of love and you know well I mean as I always say on the podcast, it's totally subjective and people read for so many different reasons. You know, some people read to see a new perspective. Some people read to escape. Some people read to find out more. I mean, yeah. it's so broad and varied. I mean, I think that's why literature is great, isn't yeah. it? I would like to thank all of you for coming onto the show because let's face it, the new normal means that recording stuff, a straightforward panel like this would be quite complicated. So thank you so much for putting up with all the tech and you know joining me and reading all the books as well i hope you enjoyed it thanks for having me i'm zing singh and you've been listening to the women's prize for fiction podcast brought to you by baileys and produced by birdline media 
Now you definitely want to head over to our website to find out more about the Reading Women Challenge, get exclusive video and audio content, and check out the hashtag Reading Women on Instagram and Twitter to join in the conversation around the 24 brilliant past winners of the Women's Prize for Fiction. Now you can get hold of all the books you've talked about in today's episode and all of the Women's Prize winning novels we've discussed so far on the podcast by going to waterstones.com. We even have a very special discount for you. You can enter the code WPF25 at checkout to get 25% off each of the winning books. Please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review this podcast. It really helps spread the word about all the female talent you've heard about today. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time. 